I don't know what you thought of the Marcus Aurelius, and I'm going to come back to it later. But today I'm out on my walk. It's quite pleasant, not much wind, so I'm having a go at just this because I wanted to say it while it was fresh in my mind. During the course of yesterday's episode, I was talking about the way chatbots, particularly large language models, decoders, GPT-3 and all those things, are very good at making sense of large amounts of data, or I didn't use that expression, I'm very glad to say, of seeing patterns in very large amounts of data and drawing inferences, conclusions from them. Now, the reason why I'm glad I didn't say making sense of, well, in the context of a series called Unmaking Sense, perhaps that doesn't need explanation, but I think that there is a very important point here, which is that the pressure, propensity to reduce things to simplicity, or to the simplest form we can, to laws, principles that you could, at least in theory, print on a t-shirt, our love of things like Occam's razor, entia non candor plita necessitatem, things should not be rendered more complicated than necessary, or multiplied beyond necessity. That principle is what makes us believe that all patterns are manifestations of laws. That all patterns are manifestations of laws. And indeed, one of my gurus, Michael Polanyi, memorably said in his great book, Personal Knowledge, there is no order without an ordering principle. Well, maybe, but an ordering principle needn't take the form of a law. And the particular point that I'm trying to make here is that our predilection for laws, things like E equals MC squared, the notion that you could write down some tensor that represented the gravitational effects of the universe, the idea that you can understand things in one dimension when they are multidimensional, And particularly the idea that if we are to make sense of complex and vast amounts of data, the way we would do so, the way we need to do so, indeed, and this is really the crunch, the only legitimate way to do so, is to identify a law in them that you could, at least in principle, print on a t-shirt. And I think that the theme of this entire series is summarised in my, at least my serious doubts about that, my, frankly, my denial of that fact. And it's that that I think I share and why I am so awestruck by David Hume in that I don't think he thought so either. He thought that what he called associations of ideas, notions like cause and effect, are convenient mental fictions that we invent 
to help us to make sense of the world when if we were to see it raw it would make no sense at all. And I suppose the fear that we all have all the time is that if we were to see it raw the world would make no sense at all. Which is why we spend so much time inventing all sorts of ways of making sense of it on all sorts of different levels from religion and philosophy all the way through political science, economics, history, geography, linguistics, mathematics of course and everything else. All the things we stuff our children full of at school because we're as pathologically afraid of what might happen if they didn't absorb these parameters of their culture. We do it all the time. It's almost certainly mistaken, almost certainly wrong. Which is not to say that I have any great alternative to present other than a living scepticism about it, a passionate scepticism about it. A great belief, to quote the great David Hume again, that anything could be said about anything. And so I think that what I meant, well, what I did mean when I was observing that this remarkable multidimensional chatbotism, the achievements of OpenAI and no doubt many others will come after them, is in writing software and designing hardware that allow these chatbots to conceive of things, and I don't mean in a subjective way, but to, to form conclusions about things by taking account of more dimensions than you and I could possibly take into account if our lives depended on it, which of course in a way they do. And I'm not suggesting, therefore, or rather what, what I'm saying here is, I'm not suggesting that that means that these chatbots can see laws that we can't see. I'm suggesting that there may simply be no laws, that the universe does what it does in such a complex way that there are patterns, but there may not be laws. And even the patterns only arise because in the great aftermath of Ramsey theory, if you've got enough data, you can't but see patterns. And I think I may have said, and I'm now beginning to wonder whether I should have done or whether I want to again, that some of those patterns, I think I said, because of Ramsey theory, which says that if you've got enough data, you're bound to be able to find patterns in it. Some of those theories Maybe spurious, I suggested. But what is spurious? Spurious presupposes that to be legitimate, something must be a law of a kind that you could, if not print on a T-shirt, then at least publish in a journal of science or mathematics or whatever. And the notion that these, the facts that don't fit the theory are either erroneous, outliers, bad data, 
because the theory must be right, or some theory must be right. This notion is exactly what science and mathematics thrive on as human endeavours, because that's what human beings thrive on. We like to make sense of the world, and the emphasis really is the make. We like to make sense of the world by getting rid of anything that we cannot get the better of, as Nora Trenders wonderfully put it. In other words, sorry to be labouring this, but it really does seem to me to be so important. What these chatbots may be doing, and even they will struggle, is finding patterns in multidimensional data, which is in quantity and diversity and dimension so much bigger than anything, anything you and I could even begin to take account of. But not because they are going to come up with a law that would explain it, which might in fact allow you and me, or cleverer people than you and me, to get their head around and therefore get a handle on it. What I'm suggesting is that there may simply be no intelligible pattern at all. Whether it's intelligible to us, intelligible to the transhuman, intelligible to the superhuman or the superintelligent, any of these things, none of them may be able to grasp this because the parameters, the dimensions are so vast that it is almost inconceivable that any one or any thing ever could. And of course, uh, just to conclude, one of the ways in which human beings console themselves with this is by inventing simple two-dimensional games like chess and go or playing bridge or whatever it might be. But although they're very difficult and although they show up some human beings as being hopeless at them and others as being very good, we are still hopelessly bad at if we compare ourselves with even fairly basic computing machines. But that's the dilemma. That, that that analogy that might apply just to chess, or might until very recently have applied just to chess, now applies to more or less everything. Thank you for listening.